how's it going, everyone? It's the music reviewer here, and today is uh, episode twelve of my album review um, podcast series. Uh, and um, today's band is going to be Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. It's a band from Australia. Um, we're uh, reviewing their latest album, Sideways to New Italy. And uh, thank you for joining me once again. Uh, last episode, I covered um, the latest Heinz album, uh, the all-female rock band from Spain. If you're interested in that one, go and check that one out. Um, that was a pretty decent album. I liked it a bit. Um, and also, I've been doing a new series called uh, Best and Worst Track of the Week. If you want to check that out, that one's um, available as well for last week. And I'll be doing it again this week as well. So yeah, let's get started on this review. Um, the album is titled Sideways to Italy, um, band uh, being uh, Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever, five-piece Australian indie rock band um, comprised of practically like three guitarists that are also the vocalists in the band that take turns uh, being like the primary um, singer, uh, a bassist, and a, a drummer. And they're all really great musicians. Um, these are one of these bands that uh, perhaps their, um, their biggest strength and their biggest weakness could be their skill or just their talent in general. Um, there's probably... Um, a lot of uh, negotiating and I assume probably um, collaboration with a band like this, where I assume most of the members in the band are are capable songwriters that can probably uh, write an entire song themselves if they wanted to. A little background on this band. Um, they released an EP in 2016, um, which I guess got them traction in Australia, but the year after they actually released another EP. Uh, on Sub Pop in 2017, Sub Pop being a um, a huge indie rock label in the United States, um, which 2018 um, that followed their debut album, and uh, I have not really been much of a listener of Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever, really due to the fact is just I hasn't haven't really been exposed to much of their music, or I neglected to explore their music. Um, and not that I, any time I listened to it, it turned me off. I didn't like it. I'd just say that their sound is pretty typical of what you'd expect a indie rock band to sound um, from the 2010s. And when I mean the 2010s, um, I mean probably something more of like the early 2010s or late 2000s. Um, they take a lot of influence from post-punk as well. Um, but they have similarities with bands like Real Estate. Dive, Kings of Leon, War on Drugs, maybe not so much on Kings of Leon, but um, the maybe like these indie rock juggernauts such as War on Drugs or Real Estate. Um, and what I mean by this is that they uh, they rely heavily on their guitars. And when you rely heavily on guitars, um, well, you're going to have a lot of things that sound similar. Um, and they fall into these patterns where I see a lot of similarity to the jangly guitars of like dive or real estate. And then also the songwriting uh, uh, patterns that the war on drugs use, uses with a lot of instrumental interludes that build up and it turns into like this kind of jammy piece. And that really does work for a lot of bands. Um, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, that's definitely their sound. Um, I just think maybe they don't do it the best, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, they have developed a sound and a fan base, and they're already releasing their second album. 
um, I just had to do some um, some research and uh, homework on you know what this band is all about. And another highlight I point out would be um, they're from Australia, and Australia actually is lately probably been kicking the U.S.'s ass in terms of you know rock music. Um, you have Tame Impala, um, King Lizard and the Wiz- uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, I'm probably missing so many others. Uh, the Bests are another nice little indie rock band that's been up and coming. Um, and I'd say that uh, a cool thing about Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever is that they have their own little niche uh, within Australian rock that has made it over to the U.S. Um, and is kind of uh, they're kind of finding their own path uh, in that sense as well. Um, now I'd say. Um, in terms of the debut album over to the second album, um, the, the album sign sound quite similar. Um, I'd say maybe they lose a little bit of their post-punk edge in this new album here. Um, but this, the grooves, the chord progressions, they're practically, uh, they're being used very similarly. Um, very jammy uh, albums. Both of them are. So how does Sideways to New Italy, their sophomore album, uh, Stack Up to Hope Downs, which was their debut album and critically acclaimed, I believe, as well. Um, how does this album compare to that one? Well, in general, I think Hope Downs was maybe more of a consistent album. Um, but Sideways to New Italy maybe had some more highlights or just things that I thought I, I liked that the band went with. However, uh, Sideways to New Italy does have its lulls and it does contribute to the overall enjoyment of the album, not being as positive as I would have liked it. Now, I will add that this uh, album was produced by uh, Burke Reed, uh, who's an accomplished Australian um, producer, uh, which I'm looking through his, um, I guess, work or what he's worked on. Um, the main uh, or the highlights uh, that I'm seeing here probably sports team and Courtney Barnett, um, which Courtney Barnett has been well received. Uh, I'm not sure how the word translates to um, this album. I don't think it really sounded. This album has sounded like a Courtney Barnett album. Uh, maybe he was more of an engineer um, on this album, but um, I just thought I'd note that as well. Um, that this was not maybe like a self-produced album. Um, now, uh, we'll start off with the, uh, you know, how this album went uh, by the highlights on the tracks. Um, so there's really nothing to the opening track other than this is uh, the track that sets the tone for the rest of the album. Uh, it has a lot of the same patterns that are overly used um, on this album. Uh, the There's a bright acoustic guitar here that really shines through. There's punchy bass lines, um, a lot of guitars. Um, so uh, I'll just note that a lot of these uh, songs sound a lot like the second or the first, which is the opening track. Um, but the, the main highlight I'd like to uh, start off with here um, is the second track, Falling Thunder. Um, it starts off sounding awfully similar to like a dive track in the intro with some splashes of real estate um, with like, you know, reverby guitars, just sparkly, like jangly guitar work. Um, And uh, there's a hooky chorus I like on this track um, with the lyrics, is it any wonder? And it's just used a lot. I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, uh, This was a nice track. 
Also, this track utilizes a second lead vocalist, so you definitely see the versatility of the band, how they're able to switch back and forth between vocalists and keep some consistency. They're all pretty decent singers. Um, this track also has a really nice groovy bass line that's steady, a nice bridge idea that builds up a little bit more into like an instrumental outro. Um, and then the, the album just continues to hold the consistency there. She's there in the next track. Has a nice little hooky guitar intro. There's probably the most exciting track on the album thus far. Um, has a nice imagery with time as a river, you know, being in the lyrics there. Um, nice, has a nice little vocal performance. There's attitude in it. It's a convincing performance. Um, there's some nice melodic ideas that play back and forth between the guitars and vocals, which happens quite a bit in this album. So they do like to play around with uh, this sort of. Uh, I guess, composition technique where a melody will be in the vocals and then later a counter melody or a very similar melody will be in the guitars right after. Um, it has like these dueling guitar parts there as well. And right here, uh, I'd say on the third track, she's there. It's pretty obvious that the band's starting to follow sort of pattern with a lot of their tracks. Um, it's like, you know, a, it starts off with the intro with melodic guitar, verse, with like a very, I guess, practical rhythm guitars. And then once the vocals cut out, back to melodic guitar part, then we get a nice big, big chorus, back to the same thing for the second verse. And then there's like some interest, instrumental buildup, which, you know, that works. It, it certainly does shine on moments, but it kind of will grow stale as you listen to this album more and more. That's the only thing I'd say about that. Um, Beautiful Steven is another um, another highlight I'd like to um, point out. It's probably my least favorite track on here, or one of them. Um, there are some bright guitars in it that are a little tad piercing, so like, you know, yeah, those guitars, I don't know if it's like a mixing flaw or something, but sometimes they're just a little too high, or they're just, you know, very in your face. It has some delay in there. It kind of still goes back to like the dive in real estate kind of thing reverby guitars and an interesting vocal performance unfortunately guitar being played at the beginning of each measure and held out for four beats is constant until the end of the track so slightly i guess unoriginal guitar playing um i feel like this could have been left out and the album really didn't need it um now the only one um this is a mid-tempo track has some nice bright melodies and guitar, some enchanting vocal moments. There's more attitude, so the vocals do pick up. Lots of syncopation in the bass. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I point out this track because it has like a new wave vibe to it. It kind of reminds me of that one track, Ran So Far Away, um, from that one band from the 80s. You know, like, I ran, you know, that song. Um, hooky guitar intro. It has like this whaley harmonica thing happening too uh not a bad track uh cars in space is probably like the is the next track after that it's probably their most jammy song on here it is a highlight though i do like it um the song develops quite well like the main melody i like the main melody and the vocals there's an excellent drum performance on here you can really hear that nice technical hi-hat work um the bridge is nice and textured as well um there's some spots where the guitars play melodic ideas. 
um, like most of these songs where that's literally all that's happening in a certain section of the song. Uh, it's just there. Uh, sometimes it doesn't develop. Sometimes the song does, um, I guess, benefit from it. But it, yeah, Cars in Space, upbeat tempo, bouncy bass line, slightly more energetic. Not a bad track. I liked it. Um, let's see. We do go two songs later and not tonight. What I'll say here is this song has a little bit of an Americana flair to it. There's like a slide guitar part, which shows a little bit more versatility in the band. I like that. It'd be uh, nice if they maybe would have played around with that a little bit more. Um, and then I'd say the next uh, low light here is uh, the track after that, Sunglasses at the Wedding. Uh, this is, well, I'd say this isn't really a low light. This is just something I thought was worth mentioning. I think it's it wasn't too bad. Um, this is probably like the most dramatically different track. Um, it has like a folk aesthetic, tasteful drums accompanying uh, everything. Uh, the bass is nice, fat, and warm. It's accompanying as well. It's really, it's not it's not bad. It's a bit of a stylistic shift. It has some light textures, um, but it's it really doesn't develop into anything. It's never brought up again in the album. It just literally happens in that one song. And then the album ends right after that on probably like the, um, the most obvious filler track on this album called the cool change. It sounds maybe like an ode to like some old Brit pop, maybe some Oasis. Um, nothing much of, of interest that's happening in this track. It doesn't have much energy and it's just a little bit of a disappointment and it just ends like that. Um, the album wasn't too bad up until then, actually. Um, now, I, I'm not sure really what I would rate Sideways to Italy. I'm going to go ahead and rate Sideways to Italy uh, a light 6 out of 10. There are some very nice songs on this part, uh, I mean, on this album. Um, I'm happy I did give it a listen, but I do expect a little bit more from this band uh, in terms of, you know, picking which songs uh, make an album ultimately um, because there are some really nice highlights on here and overall I wish uh, <laughs> the album would have included more of that now um, yeah if you haven't listened to this I'd say give it a shot if you're interested in some you know jangly guitar driven indie rock if you like bands like uh, real estate war on drugs they're a little bit similar to those bands um, you might really end up liking this or you might not because of how of their brand i guess of this genre um but yeah thanks for giving this uh podcast a listen i'm the music reviewer and we'll be seeing you soon